Blog Talk Radio.
God, we're grateful. Because if it had not been for you, we would not be here. We opened our eyes this morning, God, because you gave us the strength to open our eyes. We were able to rise because you gave us strength and our limbs and the facilities of our body. We were able to get here, God, because you blessed us and brought us the way of safety and did not allow harm to come to us, Lord. We're grateful to again come into your presence because we know where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. And as we come before you today, have your way, Lord. Let flesh be crucified that you might be glorified, that your people might be edified in the name of Jesus. For God in you is life. And that's what we seek, God, life, eternal life, God. We pray, oh God, today that you will touch every person that have come seeking you, Lord. Bind the hand of the devil, God. Rebuke the hand of the enemy, Lord. God, let your anointing that resonates in this place even now. God, let there be an outpouring on your people. We need you, God, to take us to another level in you, Lord. God, we're faced with demonic forces, God. Evil spirits have come up against us, Lord, and we need to be fortified with your power. God, we can't make it on our own strength, God. We don't have enough to stand on, Lord, but we know, God, that your joy is our strength. Fill us up on today in the name of Jesus. Somebody have come this morning burdened down, God, with the issues of life, God. Somebody, God, is in the battle of their life. Somebody's, God, fighting in their mind and in their spirit, Lord, where the devil have come in to war against them, Lord. But we thank you, God, because we know greater are you that's within us than he that is within this world, God. We know, God, that you are a deliverer, Lord that you're the same yesterday, today, and forever. And you're no short of your promise, Lord. And you're able to deliver us, Lord. Touch us on today, Lord. We need you like never before. Fill us up with the Holy Ghost, God. And give us a refilling, Lord. That when we leave here today, Lord, we can leave with your anointing, Lord. That as we meet men and women, boys and girls, they might be converted to know who you are, Lord. In the in the name of Jesus, we pray. We thank you because you are a healer. You're the God that healeth thee. And healing is in your wings. And you're able to touch our feeble bodies. You're able to save our troubled souls. And in the name of Jesus, bind every demon, Lord. Every demonic force, Lord. God that comes to keep us in the same place, Lord. We're willing, God, to surrender and say yes to your will, Lord. We're willing to turn our lives, God, over into your hands, Lord, because we come to the place, God, where we realize like never before we need you, Jesus. More than anything we know, we need you, Jesus. While men are trying to find, God, solutions to this chaotic world, God, we're looking to you, Lord, because we know for every right desire, there is an answer, and Jesus, you're that answer. There's no need for us, God, to turn Turn hither or thither, Lord. We need but to look for you, Lord, because you're the answer, God, for our troubled lives, Lord. Touch on the day, God. Bring every yoke, God, 
God. Save on the day, God. Deliver on the day, God. Jesus, we need you, Lord. We need you, Jesus. We need you, Jesus. We're crying out to you, Lord. We know that you're able to save our souls. We know that you're able, God, to heal our bodies, Jesus. We know that you're able, God, to turn our situations around. Jesus, no other help we know. No other help we know. No other help we know, God. You're able, Jesus, to deliver our children. You're able, Jesus, to save the unsaved husband. You're able, Jesus, to heal the cancer patient. Nothing too hard for you, Jesus. No other God we know. We know that you're able, Jesus. We know that you're able, Jesus. We say yes to your will, God. Yes to your way, Lord. Have your way, Jesus. And we'll thank you for it. And we'll give your name the praise. And we'll bless you, Lord. Yes, we thank you, Lord. And we bless your holy name. Come on, open your mouth. And give the Lord some praise. There was an old mother who lived in New Orleans who was displaced by Hurricane Katrina. She lost everything that she had. Her home, car, family. And when they evacuated her, they sent her to a shelter between New Orleans and Baton Rouge. And while she sat there on a cot that they had provided for her, she had been without food and water and the necessities and she began to cry. She started to shed tears. But while she was crying, she thought on the goodness of the Lord. And she started singing this little song. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. Come on, help me say that. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. I need some help. Come on, lift your voice and say, Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. Come on. Jesus, Jesus. Well, a young man walked up to her and said, Mother, why are you calling on Jesus? Shouldn't you be calling on FEMA? Shouldn't you be calling on the Red Cross, Salvation Army? Or better yet, shouldn't you be calling on President Bush and Cheney and those? And she said, son, you don't understand. There's a reason why I'm calling on that name. Because that's the name that's above every name. And she said, there's a reason why I'm calling on that name, Jesus. And you know what she told that young boy? She said, come here, let me tell you why I call on that name. Savior, Savior, Savior. Come on, help me say that. Anybody know him as the Savior? What's his name? Jesus. Come on, help me say Savior. Savior. 
was rushing by with a stretcher. They had an old man on the stretcher that had a seizure because he couldn't get his medication and his prescriptions. And she stopped him and said, where are you taking this man? They said, we're trying to get him over to the triage unit and get him some medical attention. She said, let me look at him. And while she was looking at the old man, a young girl came up with a baby in her arm, and the baby had a fever. She said, let me look at the baby, too. And the young boy said, why you want to look at these folks? Why you want to look at these folks? You know what she told him? Healer, healer, healer. That's what the old mother said. Healer, healer, healer. I wish y'all would help me say that up in here. And I guess I need to explain the reason I'm here. You know, I don't really, really want to be here, but Ms. Dominique is going to talk after I'm done, and she has a phenomenal story. I told her that I would lead by example, which is the NTO creed. And I was the oldest of 17 kids, for those who haven't heard this story, and I bounced around in the orphanages and foster homes my entire childhood until about nine when I was told that I was lucky because I was going to be adopted. <clears throat> The gentleman's name was Tom. He was a family man. He was married, kindergarten teacher, Cub Scout master, a youth minister, and, yes, a pedophile. So from the age of about 9 to 15, I went from what was a difficult life to a downright hell. Because I'd never had a father before, so I had no idea what that kind of affection was. And things started small. You know, when you're peeing and somebody comes and pees beside you, it's not a real big deal. And when he reaches out to grab it and help you pee, you might know something is wrong. But by the time I was realizing something was wrong, it stopped being any pretenses of affection. It was all just a form of punishment. After the physical abuse would come the sexual abuse for the slightest mistake. I'm not, I can't sit here and describe to you the pain of being beaten, sodomized, and molested for years. I don't want to close the door and make it so you can pretend it wasn't there because I live with it every day. Can't really, no need to provide gruesome details because there's nothing I can say that's going to provide clarity for anyone who's not experienced this humiliation. So I can try to explain why this is important and why the civil suit may be necessary. So we'll start with damages, because, you know, you can't subject a child to this kind of horror and expect them to not be scarred. The dehumanization, the victimization has an impact, and it's lasting. If you're a little man, growing up, you want to have your masculinity. There's only two ways to prove that, violence and womanizing. Thank God for the military because the violent partner was able to get out of the way. Self-medication, lots of drinking, and for me, adrenaline. Combat, fighting, volunteering for everything I could. In fact, it's beyond adrenaline rush. It was suicidal, but not really in that way because I would never take my own life. But it was reckless enough because I wanted to die. At least my death would have value since my life was worthless. But time and time again, those bullets missed me. So I ended up by 25, after all my attempts at dealing with my problems, disconnected, 
Because, see, when people turn a blind eye towards you, pretend it's not happening, or the people that you really trusted or that they put there for you to trust violate everything, your very soul, you have to let it go. Trust becomes inimical to your existence. I've been married three times. Friends, not really a thing for me because I create that called healthy distance. Jobs, man, I've been fired from every job I can think of. I've lost rank so many times, I have an attitude phenomenal out of this world. Most of all for me, sleep. I don't sleep. I sleep two or three hours a night if I'm lucky because my mind doesn't want to go there because if it relaxes, then, then the walls come down and the shields come down and I'm left with just me. And that, I can't do that. And the temper and the anger and the violence and the incessant right below the surface volatility. See, these are my damages. The demons are right below the surface because, and they're raiding like every day to find a breach in my armor. There's no amount of counseling or talking that's going to bring me back to normal. I know that. It's not going to undo what happened because the scars, they run too deep, and the devastation is much too complete. And there are many more just like me, many, many more much worse than I am. I know that when I think, I can't go on my reactions. I have to tell myself, is that what a normal person would do? Because I know what I do would not be normal. Every morning I get up and it's the same routine for the last 25 years. I, I look at myself in the mirror and I say whatever curse words come to mind about how crappy I look. And I look at all the scars on my face, my eyes, my head, and where hair doesn't grow, and the deeper ones in my soul. And I splash water on my face and I say, you know what? <sighs> Today's going to be a good day. See, I'm, I'm so used to plodding forward I'm not smart enough to really give up. And in my mind, I keep waiting for that morning to come to lead me out of the darkness. But I, I tell you, at this time, I don't think I would even recognize a sunny day if I saw it. This is not a poor me story. I'm not here for pity because I really don't need it. I'm fine by myself. I've been by myself my whole life. I just wanted to put you in my shoes for a minute, just to a small degree, so you understand why this bill is important to some of us. While 25 is just not enough, put a little face on the damage to the pedophile's cause because it's lasting. My fear that, again, this bill is going to die a quiet death, that the church is going to come in and say this is an attack on them and they can't afford it. I guess I'll still pay for it, though, because I wouldn't, wouldn't about a church for me. In fact, at this hearing, many of you may, you know, look at me and think of me differently. This is not a proud moment in my life. It's quite embarrassing. But I told this young lady that I would lead by example and I would tell my story so she could tell hers. I know what I am inside. I deal with it every day, all the time. I try to contain it and control it, but it's there. And all I ask is you please don't continue to protect the monsters like the ones that created this monster. Thank you, Delegate. Wow. What a powerful testimony. Wow. The things he went through as a boy. And you know, many of us uh, as children went through things. Now, I never went through abuse. I never went through sexual abuse or anything like that. But there are other things that, you know, children go through. But this was one of the most (laughs) 
dramatic testimonies. And I know he's not all right. I, I know he's not, even as an adult man, and he's gone uh, to the military, and he's done this. Said he had been married three times, three times, and not, no marriage worked out because he considered self-damaged goods. He considered uh, himself a man who's no good, you know, because he, he, he feel damaged. But I'm here to let them know today. I don't care who you are, and you can say what you want. But, Bobby, you don't understand. You've never been sexually abused. You've never been uh, physically abused by your own parents or your own family members. Listen, abuse is abuse. I don't care where it comes from. And what I know today is this. Jesus, he's the way, the truth, and the life. And somebody told me at one meeting I had with them, they said, Barbara, I, I can believe that. But it's hard when you're feeling these things. Uh, days when you have dreams and nightmares and remember when. And um, you can be eating something, Barbara, and a smell will come by. And that it's a familiar smell to you. Uh, you smelt that during your abuse. And it's just something that's just hard to overcome. And my answer to that is yes, I can go with that. But I still say Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. Jesus is the one who can heal any wounds. But sometimes, I'm assuming with people, they, they're so deep with them and sometimes they've been in that place so long, it's a familiar place, so they hold on to it so tight, and they give up to a certain degree because they say, this is it. This is who I am. This is who I'm going to be. I can't change this. But it can be changed. Look, I can lose weight. I've done it too many times. I've lost it and kept it off for a while. And I don't believe the problem is with food. The problem is with me, my love of food, my knowing how to cook good food. Yeah. The problem lies within me. And just recently, the other day, the Lord spoke to me, was reminding me about the spirit of gluttony. So every now and then, I got to go back there. And when, and when I think on these things, on the gluttony, I don't eat like that. Isn't that amazing? But I have to stay there. Because after a while, let's say I smell fried chicken. I want to make an excuse not to remember the gluttonous scripture. <laughs> it is not the food. The problem lies within me. So it's not really what you've been through. It's what you're allowing to remain in you. Because, again, Jesus, he's the way, the truth, and the light. He's a light that shines in darkness. But no matter what we've gone through, and we know him, we've come to him, we receive him, we must comprehend light, not darkness. 
I promise whatever you've been through, you are not the only person who has been through that. I heard him say there are worse cases than what he had because he was not only physical abused by a man, but sexually abused by a man. So guess what? He had a lot of issues. And I could just see him wanting to be a straight young man, a young man that loved women. And he said with the with the masculine thing, the man thing, two things, you either gotta be violent or you gotta be a womanizer. He's been married three times that tell you the road he took. Because he was battling with what what had happened to him. And he was trying to prove to himself and everybody else, even his wives, I, I, I don't like men. I don't love men. I, I like and love women. But yet he would do the things that would cause problems in his own marriage. Because what's in him, what he's dealing with. But I promise you, God is a deliverer this morning. Jesus can deliver you. You can't deliver yourself. You can't give up. You got to keep fighting. Put on the whole arm of God. Put Get yourself in the word of God. Wrap yourself around the word of God and wrap the word of God around you. And tell God, I'm not, I'm not leaving until you fix me. I'm not coming out of this until you fix me. Jacob did it. End up, I think he broke his hip. But Jacob stayed until he got blessed. And the Lord saw that Jacob really meant that. He said, oh, yeah, let me go on and, and uh, give him a blessing so he can go on. Because he, he, he's not giving up. We can't give up. Keep seeking heaven. Keep knocking on heaven's door. Yeah. Keep crying out. David said, I cried unto the Lord, and the Lord heard my cry. I promise you it starts with a well-made-up mind. God will deliver you if you really want to be delivered and you're not giving up and, and just say, oh, this is the way I was made. Oh, oh, this just for me. Oh, this is uh, this is just who I am. No, no, no. Whatever your situation is, you can be born again. Yeah, I knew a woman named Hebron Riles, and she said they told her, you know, a, a gay couple told her, well, we were born this way, she said, and she told them, but you must be born again of the water and the spirit. You, you got to be born again. But this morning I wanted to talk about Jesus, <clears throat> the Son of God, our Lord, our Savior, our Deliverer, our Rock, our everything we need. I wanted to talk about him this morning. <laughs> again, today he's the way, the truth, and the life. Yeah. It says no man can come to the Father except he come through that Son, Jesus Christ. All right, Alaska, I got you. I got you. God bless you uh, this morning. God bless you. Jesus, if we look back, uh, go back to the book of Matthews, it will uh, give you a little idea of where he come from. Uh, you know, how he come about. And this, you know, Jesus, uh, he's the son of God. And if you look at it, he wasn't uh, 
the same type people we are. I'm going to put it that way. He didn't have a a fleshly mother and father. Now, he had a, a fleshly mother, let's say biological. She, gave, she carried this baby nine months and gave birth to him. But his father, I'm going to say his father was holy in every aspect you can imagine. His father was holy. And his father was not biological. His father was spiritual because his father is God and God is a spirit. So he come about this way. So he wasn't the norm. He wasn't the everyday normal child. I'm sure he did some things that children do because he was a child. But this same little boy, Jesus, he was the one who could go and talk to adult men in the temple about God. At an early age, and he could walk with the best of them. He could explain with the best of them. He could talk with the best of them. Because believe it or not, he and his father was one. (laughs) Hallelujah. And so he come on up. He come on up. Uh, They had to run and hide him, you know, for him to be born. Because the devil wanted to kill him, you know, all all kind of stuff went on with him. But he was related. He was related to uh, David. We remember King David, Solomon's dad. And so if you look in the book of Matthew, it would give you the information from beginning to end about Jesus. If you look in John, it will give you the information from beginning to end about Jesus. But he became an adult. He was no longer a child. We're going to look in the book of John. Yeah, we'll look at St. John, they call it. Matthew, Mark, Luke, John. We're going to that book. Um, He grew up and he became an adult. And he taught people he had been on a fast for 40 days and 40 nights, and he come out to fast, and the devil was tempting him and trying to tempt him, and he shut that devil down, and then he come on to the sea, and he met some men. And he met these men, and he just simply asked them to follow him, and if they followed him, he would make them fishers of men. But the first book of John in chapter 1, starting at verse 1, is telling us some things here. But we got to remember Jesus, the Son of God, that God gave the power to. As he come on through all of this, John baptizing, he and John was first cousins, and they were, John baptized Jesus. And afterwards, the, the, the heavens opened, and God let, let them know, this is my beloved son in whom I'm well pleased. I'm just going on with some things, but those of us that know all of these things, it's just refreshing. Then it gets to the part of where he 
show what God put in him, who he really is. He heals the sick. He healed the lame. He raised the dead. He feed the hungry with a few fish and a few loaves. <laughs> it shows he's got the power of God. But the devil always got people in place. It even showed where they was in the house of the Lord selling stuff and craziness. And he went in and turned over tables and ran them out of there. Yeah, knocked his stuff all over the place. Then it ends up he telling his disciples what's going to take place, but they're not quite there. They're still mainly in their flesh, so they're not quite understanding the things that he's really sharing with them. And he did let them know, I'm going away one day. I'm going away to prepare a place for you, that where I am, you may be also one day. And this is the comfort of God is, I'm going away, but the Father's not going to leave you comfortless. He's going to send a comforter to comfort you while I'm away. Hallelujah. I feel all right. So he, you know, all of this is in here. But now it came to the place where he had to have a last supper the last time he would eat with the 12. That was another guy that Judas Iscariot, and he was a betrayer. And in life, we have all of this, even in families. We have those who really don't like us, but they can get something from us. But as soon as they're able to sell us, they, they'll sell us. Especially if they're going to get some money for the information that they can give about us. Or it, sometimes it just makes them feel better because the information that they found out, if they use it, it can make you suffer. So Judas Iscariot was there when he sold Jesus out for 30 pieces of silver. Jesus was in the garden of Gethsemane, and he praying that the cup be passed from him because he know he got to go to Calvary. He know he got to suffer, he got to hang, he got to bleed, and he got to die. So he praying that this cup pass. But he says to the Father, nonetheless, not my will, but your will be done. Hallelujah. Judas Iscariot done sold him, and here come the soldiers to get him, and he had an apostle there named Peter, and Peter was a swordsman, and Peter was a cusser, he liked to cuss, and uh, he believed in fighting, and so he took his sword, Peter, and cut the soldier ear off. The scripture said Jesus healed the soldier ear, put it back on, but they arrested him. Took him from courtroom to courtroom. He ends up in prison. They sentenced him to death. There was a lot of stuff went on in the manipulation. And Pilate, the one who could have set him free, uh, played games. His wife had a vision and told him, don't have nothing to do with this man's stuff, especially his death. Oh, he couldn't hear that. So they sentenced him to death, took him from courtroom to courtroom. He ended up being beat severely. Had to carry his own heavy cross and got a guy to help him. I think his name was Simon. Help him carry the cross up Calvary's hill. They stretched him out, put the nails in his hands and his feet, hung him up high. Then time came, you know, he wouldn't have no broken bones. The scripture said that, but they pierced him in his side and out come blood and water. He was thirsty. They gave him gall, something bitter and nasty to drink. 
They teased him, joked about it, and made a crown of thorns, took thorns and shaped them like a crown. And they didn't just set it on his head. They pushed it down on there. So it injured his, his head as well. There were two thieves up there with him. One didn't believe in the other one to ask him, remember me the day when you are in paradise. He told him he would. And I'm sure he did. But after suffering for so long, he gave up the ghost. He went on and died. They tell me Joseph had a tomb for himself, but he gave the tomb for Jesus. And they put Jesus in this tomb, buried him. And the devil used his people, you know, some scribes and Pharisees. You're going to have church folks, but you ain't got to worry about that. Use them to put the big stone to the door. And nobody could roll the stone away, you know, because it took too many men, too much manpower. But he rose with all power. He rose, conquered hell, and had all power. They looked for him. They moved the stone. They looked for him. They said Mary came that morning, and she was looking. The tomb was empty. The angels of the Lord came and asked, what you looking for? And she told them, she was looking for Jesus. Now, why are you looking among the living for the dead? He gone. He rose. So she went back to tell everybody else. On the way, he met some of them on that road. He went in the house with some of them. And when they told this one guy, I think his name was Stephen, he said he, he didn't believe. Another one said, I don't believe and, uh, unless I see the scars in his hand and on his, in his side and thing. His feet, I, I won't believe that. Well, he came in and he showed because he was and he is today still the son of God. Yeah. But if he can do all of this and he can go through all of that, he can deliver you from anything you're going through, anything you don't want. He can remove it out of you. But again, number one, it takes a well-made-up mind that you want to be delivered by him. He don't play no game. And he don't want to just be on the surface. He wants to be your Lord and Savior. He wants to be the Lord of your life, the God of your life. He wants you to come unto him and sell out to him wholeheartedly. Look at it. Look at, is he not worthy this morning? Look at it. Those of us that have him, look at it. Is he not worthy this morning? Look what he's done for us. See, many don't really believe. Many don't really know. Form of godliness and they deny the power thereof. But those of us that truly know what he truly did in our lives, we know he is worthy of us giving up our life to him. And now our lives are hid in him. We don't want nothing but Jesus. We surround ourselves with spiritual things. We don't have time for worldly things because worldly things won't help us to keep our mind on God, which will keep us in perfect peace. In this hour, I need just a little more Jesus. Every minute, every second, every hour, every day, I need a little more Jesus. 
because it's going to help me to walk upright before him daily. Not when I go to church, not when I feel like it, but even when I don't feel like it. I'm going to do the things that's pleasing and acceptable unto him. We're looking at First John, and this is what it says, and then we're going to some other scriptures. But in the beginning, First John chapter 1 and verse 1, in the beginning was a word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. What, is, what are they talking about here, Barbara? Jesus was the word in the beginning. I know we remember when we read the script and it said, let us make man. Jesus was right there. And he was the word. And the word was with God, and the word was God. The same was in the beginning with God. Verse 3 says, all things were made by him, and without him was not anything made that was made. This is in the beginning. Man done come in and did all kind of things. He done put oranges and tangerines together and made something called a tangelo in Florida. <laughs> he done put some other things together and made some other... Uh, he done took this breed of dog and mixed it with this breed of dog and come up with some other kind of dog. But in the beginning, all things were made by him, and without him was not anything made that was made. In him was the life, verse 4, and the life was the light of men. In him, in Jesus, was the life, and the life was the light of men. Verse 5 says, and the light shineth in darkness, and the darkness comprehended it not. Verse 6 says, there was a man sent from God whose name was John. And it began to tell what took place with John and how Jesus come to John and was baptized and all these kind of things. But Jesus, the light of the world. Jesus, our Lord and Savior. Jesus, the one who can give you a brand new life, who can give you a brand new heart, who gives you a brand new mind, a new way of thinking, who can make you over again. For if any man be in Christ, he's a new creature. Old things have passed away, and behold, all things have become new. And see, sometimes God continues to go back over these things and back over these things because there's a way that seems right to a man, but the end thereof is destruction. I talked to a lot of people, all the teaching, it's like it went over their head. It's like, hey, I like you, Barbara, and I believe in you, but that that Jesus stuff you're talking about, no, nah, nah, I won't be able to do that. I got my own Jesus way. Uh-huh. Now, if he said, I'm going to get the house on the hill with the dog named Fluffy, if he said, in three days, I'm going to get some money, if he say, uh, I'm about to get that new car, I'm down for the cause, but that Jesus stuff you be talking, I, I won't be able to walk like that, Barbara. I, I can't do it. That's because you yielded more to the flesh than you are the spirit of God. Either that or you don't have the spirit. Maybe you think you've got it, but you don't. 
And then maybe you don't have to have as much as I have to have. I, I have to have a lot of Jesus. I don't know about you. Yeah. <laughs> so Sister and I was talking the other day, and she was sharing some things with us. to see right there, so Sister I need double Jesus. I, I, I need double Holy Ghost right there. Yeah. But, the, and I want to share this too. The same Jesus, if you really got him, and you really believe his word, and you are in his word, if anything comes your way, you run to his word to resolve your natural life problems and your spiritual problems. Because we're going to have both. Natural problems and spiritual problems, we're going to have it. Sometimes that devil goes, you know, you go to be a nice, kind person somewhere, and that devil got somebody there, they say, they're they, they not showing you, but they say they're nice and kind. And you say, oh, they're nice and kind like I'm nice and kind. And because they said Jesus, because they said God, because they said Christian, I'm a believer. The saints of God. You, you believe that. But once you get in there, because, see, you, you, we didn't use discernment. We went on their word. I'm raising my right hand because I'm guilty. I've done it many times. God always bailed me out, but I've done it. And when we get in there with them, then we find out, no, you're not quite who I thought you was. You was kind of talking the talk, and I was believing, but now that I get to see who you really are, mm-mm, that's not Jesus. That's flesh. And I don't, I, I'm not a fleshly person. I don't really want to dwell on my flesh and what the flesh wants. I want to dwell more on the spirit and what the spirit of God that's in me requires. Because whatever we see, that's what's going to grow the largest, the big, uh, uh, huge in us. Whatever we see, if I feed my flesh more, the natural more, I'm going to have more fleshly and natural thoughts. I'm going to do things more natural and fleshly. But if I'm feeding more to the spirit of God that lives in me, the Holy Spirit, you call it, it's going to grow bigger. And that's what I choose to do. I choose to feed my spirit man more than my natural man. Because of this, I, I, I love Luther. As, as Cedric the Entertainer said, the big Luther. <laughs> yeah, all this man has such a soothing voice. And it looked like he just come out with songs that was just the deal. For couples, but listen, I hung my Luther stuff up, and I took on Timothy Wright. <laughs> yeah, I took on Vicky Winings. I, I took on G. E. Patterson, the Detroit Mass Choir, Mississippi Mass Choir. Joe, I, I took these people on. Because what they were singing about didn't keep me feeling down like I'm blue. It, it didn't make me want to have a man. No. But when I hear these songs, godly songs, gospel songs, it makes me lift my hands and tell God thank you. It makes me weep and cry unto him 
in thanksgiving and appreciation unto him. I don't have to walk around, oh, war is me. I'm sad. I'm lonely. I don't have no. It, it don't make me do that. When I surround myself with the things of Almighty God, spiritual things, it keeps me lifted up and I can help somebody else along the way. I can help somebody who can't help themselves. Now, sometimes people really don't want to be helped. They come and they pretend that they do. But when you give them what they need, they reject it. And yet they still there to my, I, I need your help. I gave you what God had for you, but you didn't want it. What am I to do? Now we go into the mode of prayer. All I can do is pray for you. I've been praying for you, but now I can't even talk to you. I, I mean, there's no message for you. You got the 66 books. I can't come and read these 66 books for you. You got to get in those books for yourself. You got to study to show yourself. You got to study and learn the ways of God the best that you can. Because we'll never know all about him. But we can know enough about him that we can live a stress-free life. I give Proverbs 3, 5 through 7 to everybody that I can. Because it gave me for years a stress-free life. I got the scripture before I started living under anything unto God. And once I came to God, he brought that scripture back up in me forever. And because of it today, I'm here. I'm upbeat. I'm living. I go through just like anybody else. Money is an issue, just like for me, like it is for many. But God is a supplier. Why? I trust him. I don't care how bad it sounds. I don't care what it looks like. I trust him. I believe him. He will strengthen you. He will tell you what to do to gain strength. Hey, Barbara, I need you to go over there to Matthew, this and that. Okay, Barbara, go over here to Psalms, this and that. And as I read this, it, it gets in my spirit and it strengthened me. David said, I cried unto the Lord. He didn't just necessarily go down and just talk to the Lord. But he cried from his heart so that God would know, Lord, this is what I'm saying, Lord. This is, I'm serious about this thing. This is what I really want, God. This is what I feel I need. This same Jesus. He did it for me. And if he did it for me, he'll do it for anybody. But again, one more time, it starts with a well-made-up mind. I'm not turning it loose until I'm changed, God. I'm not turning it loose until you heal my body. I'm not turning it loose until you feel me and baptize me in your spirit. Lord, I, I, I came to you and I said I do and I believe I'm saved and I believe I have the Holy Spirit, but a lot of days I don't see the evidence in me of the Holy Spirit. I'm still leaning to my own understanding. I'm still manipulating people. I, I, God, I'm still lying. I, I'm still doing a lot of things that's not pleasing and acceptable unto you. I, it, your spirit would lead and guide me. But the thing of it is, we don't allow it to. He may have given you his spirit, but you don't allow the spirit. You surround yourself with fleshly things, with the natural. 
all day long you listening to whatever pleases your flesh. You're not and satisfy you. You're not listening to spiritual things that will satisfy the spiritual man in you, which will make you satisfied in Jesus. Only he can do it. That's why you have so many religious people. They teach people you can do it for yourself. You can't stop you from drinking. You can't stop you from drugging. You can't stop you from fornicating. You can't stop you from adultering. You can't stop yourself from lying. You can't stop yourself from cheating. Only God can. Oh, you just stop for a while. I work for alcohol and drug treatment. And you have people, some of them have stopped for 20 years, and all of a sudden something happened, and they stopped 20 years, and they started back drinking. 40 years. You hadn't had a drink in 40 years. You just swore, swore then you were cured. Nothing could make you drink 40 years. All of a sudden something happened, and you back with the bottle. They said one is too many and a thousand is not enough. It takes Jesus to deliver us completely. It takes him to deliver us completely. We got to let him do it. Well made up mind. Get in his word and allow his word to get in you. Again, David said this, that word have I hid in my heart that I might not sin against God. Yeah. But I'm looking at different scriptures. I'm looking at 1 Thessalonians 4 and 14. For if we believe that Jesus died and rose again, even so them also which sleep in Jesus will God bring with him. Now, see, all this kind of stuff right here makes me excited. If I sleep in Jesus, the trumpet going to sound, I'm going to wake up. I'm coming with him to judge the world. But it takes something to get there. I can't play with it. I can't do more of what my flesh wants me to do and thank God going to give me a crown. I got to have some work that won't burn up to take before him. I got to have them that God called me to labor with. Some people I have to actually labor with them. It's God that give me strength. It's him that give me the mind to continue to do this. It's taxing some days. It's overwhelming some days. Some days I just don't want to talk to nobody. I don't want to hear from, I just want to. It's work, it's the work of the Lord, and I'm paid well, and the benefits are super great. And he comes and he gives me strength. He gives me a heart of flesh, a soft heart, so that I can continue the work unto him. Because the harvest is plenteous, but the labors are few. But today, Jesus, our Lord and Savior, Jesus the son of the true and living God, the God that has all power, there's no higher power. Second Corinthians 4 and 14 says, knowing that he which raised up the Lord Jesus shall raise up us also by Jesus and shall present us with you. 
the same Jesus. <laughs> they call him Mary's baby. Yeah, the lily of the valley, the bright and morning star. He's got so many wonderful names. He was tempted like anybody else. And some people want to use an excuse. Oh, he was the son of God. Listen, I'm the daughter of God. And I'm tempted. But I overcome temptation with a well-made-up mind. And I remember what the scripture says, what the word of God says. I remember the eyes of the Lord is in every place. He's the holding the evil and the good. I remember what he has done for me. He brought me out of darkness into this marvelous light. I was walking in the dark. I was in a bad place. And look, when I look back, so many things come for me. So many things came for me, but he sent his angels to battle for me. I should have been strung out on drugs. I should have did drugs. He didn't allow it. I kept a made-up mind. Oh, no, drugs not to use they for sale. I kept a well-made-up mind. I could have been a prostitute. Oh, no, that wasn't for me. And he sent his angels to keep me straight. You heard the scripture says when we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. While we were sinners, he yet gave up his life for us. He yet suffered for us while I'm I'm sinning. He already knew what I was going to do. Yet he gave his life. Yet he suffered for me. Yet he loved me. Yet he obeyed the Father for me. Jesus. I love it. J-E-S-U-S. It's a name where even the righteous can run in and be saved. There's no name like that name. And every now and then, we we have to come back to Jesus. Hallelujah. Every now and then, we have to remember the story of Jesus. We have to remember the life of Jesus. It's what got us here. And because he did so good to me, I want to just breathe his air and live this life. And leave him out of it. I don't want to have that form of godliness. I don't want to deny his power. I want to surround myself with him and spiritual things. Now, all day long, I can't just be Jesus, 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 Jesus. I can't do that all day long. But I can keep my mind on him. Hallelujah. By what I'm surrounded with. I talked to a lady the other day. She said, oh, yeah, give me the number. I can play this at work. While I'm at work, I can listen. Surround yourself with godly things. Stop giving in to the flesh so much. Just stop. And like I was saying, I can't all day long, just Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. I can't do that. I have to do this and I have to do that. I have to answer the phone. I have to answer emails. I have to answer messages, texts. All kind of stuff I do in the run of a day. But if you look, if I'm in my office and you look at my desk, I got scripture. Uh huh. On the kitchen counter, it's going to remind me of the word. 
Some days I just play YouTube gospel and just let it play all day. I'm on the phone. I'm doing this. I'm doing that. I'm doing dishes, and I'm singing unto the Lord. I'm doing dishes, and Gene Patterson might be preaching a great sermon. Yeah, I come out of the news. It's lies. Fake news. It's just lies to keep you entertained and to keep you with uh, 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 something to talk about that's negative. The devil is the prince of the air. Did you know that? Yeah, he can control radio, TV, all of that, but it's our choice what we choose. I was watching TV evangelism. I I, I called it fake evangelism. And I never knew about inspiration TV. And I needed something. I really needed something. And God woke me up 4 o'clock in the morning to hear what I needed. And brought it through Mike Murdoch. I thought Mike really was a big joke. Y'all better hear me. I used to laugh at him. I used to say all kind of things. Cause Mike, Mike, come on with the money, man. Come on, Mike. It's more to God than money. But God woke me at 4 o'clock one morning just to hear a message from Mike Murdoch. Because, see, he could use anything. He used a chicken. He told Peter about that chicken, what he was going to do three times. He could use a whale. Jonah, disobedience caused him to go in the whale now. God spewed him out of that. He could use a donkey. He told him, go down there and get the, get the donkey. And uh, if they ask you what you're going to tell them the Lord have need of the donkey. He used a chicken, a whale, and a donkey. I'm sure he used other things. I'm just not thinking of those things right this second. If he can use a chicken, a whale, and a donkey, he can use anybody. He can use a woman. He can use a man, a boy, a girl. Because it's never them. It's his power. They are just a vessel unto God that he can use at this hour. Still talking about Jesus. Hmm. Listen. Mark 10 and 47 And when he heard that it was Jesus of Nazareth, he began to cry out and say, Jesus, thou son of David, have mercy on me. And that's what we need to keep crying out. See, sometimes we're too ashamed to cry out. My husband may hear me. My boyfriend may hear me. My children may hear me. Their neighbors may hear me. I could care less who hear me. I'm going to cry out. Because if I cry unto the Lord, he going to hear my cry. I'm telling you, in 2000, what today is? July 20th, 2022. I don't care how old or how young you are. If there ever been a time to draw closer to Jesus, now is that time. Now is the time to surround ourselves with the spiritual things of Almighty God. Now is the time to get in his word and stay. Now is the time to increase in faith in him and trust him. More trust in God and less trust in what you see and what you hear. Hmm. Listen, John 6 and 24. 
when you really want God, you can get to church and the church closed. The doors locked. There may even be a sign that says church will resume next week, next Wednesday, tomorrow, whenever. If you seeking Jesus, you will leave there and go home and talk to him at your house. No Bible study this Wednesday night. The pastor had to go out of town. You will go home and pick up your own Bible, pray before you read, and I'm talking about you asking God from a sincere heart to give you the understanding, the wisdom of his word. You're going to pray. You may even sing your song. And go right into your Bible study. John 6 and 24. When the people therefore saw that Jesus was not there, neither his disciples, they also took shipping and came to Capernaum seeking for Jesus. You want him to change his seeking. You want to be changed? Seek him. You want a different life? Do something different spiritually. Well, I never fast before. Well, now's the perfect time. Go on and fast. I never really studied the Bible. I, I, I'm more of a reader. Well, now is the perfect time. Get your commentary. Go online. Uh, uh, King James Version Bible online. They got it in the big letters. If you got eye problems. Look, the internet, think of a scripture uh, of something you need to know about spiritually and type it in. And, and you, you can say in the Bible. It'll bring it up. You can go from that to something else, from something else to something else, studying the word of God. But the main thing you want to do before the study is to pray and ask God for his wisdom of his word. Many of you have heard me say this. If I write a letter and I send a letter uh, to Sion, and Sion get the letter and she read it, well, she take the letter and let her die and say, Mama, I don't understand this. Sister Barbara wrote me this letter. But see if you understand what she's talking about. When Dot read the letter, Dot says, I don't understand this either, Sion, but I tell you what, we got a number. Why don't we call? Why are they calling me? I wrote the letter. Who would better explain it to them than me? When they get me on the phone, see, I say, hey, Sister Barbara, I, 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 I got your letter, but I don't understand what you're talking about. I asked Mama. She read it, too, and Mama don't know what it's talking about. I said, oh, let me explain that letter. da 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 Why? I wrote the letter. I got the whole wisdom, the understanding, the knowledge, everything of the letter. I wrote it. God inspired man to write his word. So when we go to him, he can give us understanding of his word. But we got to go to him with a sincere heart, desiring wisdom of his word. Understanding and knowledge. And we don't want to get this so I can show off. I don't want to study the word and, and get uh, the dictionary and I got all these big words I want to use because that's not my audience. My audience is not associate degrees 
bachelor degrees, masters, PhDs, our fellowship. That, that That's not my audience. My audience is common, everyday, down-to-earth people seeking a God who can deliver them. That's my audience. They went to the altar and said, I do, but every day they're telling him, I do. Every day they're seeking him. Every day they want to know which way to turn. Leading God in the right path, not for my name, but for your name's sake. We yet talking about Jesus, the Son of God. Hallelujah. The true and living God, Jehovah, that got all power. This same God that so loved the world that he sent, who? Jesus, his only begotten son. That if we believe on his son, Jesus, we won't perish but have everlasting life. But we got to surround ourselves with the things of him, with the things of God. Yeah. I had to get a new TV. The other one went out. One side black, the other side lit up. I just don't play anything on the TV. Yeah. I, 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 YouTube got some wonderful Bibles. Ooh, some wonderful scriptures. Then they got the movies. And see, some people have told me I don't, I don't really care to watch those movies because I don't know what's the truth and what's not. You got to get in the word to know. Yeah. You got to pray for wisdom and get in his word. Because, see, I see some movies and that's not the way the Bible says it is. But that's the way the, 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 the writer and the producer of the movie see it. But it's close to it, but it's not the same. Me, I take out what I don't need. Yeah, I take out what I don't need, what I know shouldn't be in there because the word's saying something different. But it all starts with patience. A lot of us, we don't have patience. No, if we had patience, we wouldn't be clingy. We wouldn't be so needy. But we don't have patience so we can't really get the fullness of what we need. You got patience and can focus, uh, you can get a good understanding at that word. Sometimes I have to go back over the same verse two or three times. And sometimes I have to go back to that chapter for five times <laughs> until I get the gist of the whole thing, where it was coming from. Uh, this came from that to go over here with this because it's, it's different parts in there that you, you, you're going to find some of Matthew, you might find it back there in Joshua. Some of Matthew, you might find in the Psalms. See? So you have to pray and ask God for wisdom so he can teach you. He's in his son. Jesus is still the word. He sent his word and his word healed him. He sent his word to me and his word healed me. Hallelujah. And we all need a spiritual healing daily. I need a spiritual healing daily. Even when I wake up in the morning, I need to wake up close them a right mind so that God can give me a spiritual healing for the day so that I can keep my mind and remember that he is. He is what he's a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. He's almighty God. He is the son of God. He is the word of God still. He is Mary's baby. Oh, he is a lot of things. Hallelujah. He's got a lot of names. But we must surround ourselves with spiritual things. 
and we will be all right. Better than all right. We'll be some of them coming back to judge the world. Yeah. Mm-mm-mm. Oh, so much goodness. I tell, I tell you. If we go on and look at Second uh, Corinthians 4 and 11, for we which live are always delivered unto death for Jesus. Well, for Jesus' sake, that the life also of Jesus might be made manifest in our mortal flesh. You hear this? We're going to go through some things in this life. We're going to suffer in this life. Uh, I had Irene laughing. I think that was yesterday uh, about being a Bible beater. They call them Bible thumpers. Louis. <laughs> Holy roller, Louis. They got all kind of names for it. But I'd rather be called that than anything else. Yeah. Oh, you don't want to go over there and talk to her. She don't want to talk about nothing but Jesus, 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 Jesus. Because, see, some people want to get in the deep of your business. They want to know your deepest, darkest secret. And when you're talking about God, you're not really talking about you. They, they don't particularly like that. All right, now, Louie, I'm with you when you write stuff on. <laughs> yes, sir. I am with you when you write. I'm going to bump right on. Yeah, so if if you're not feeding their flesh, they, they don't really have time with you. Uh, I, I, it, it's sad, but it's true. He woke you up this morning, closing your right mind. You're not in a mental institution. You're not in prison. You're not in the hospital. Some people went to work because they have the health and strength to work. They have a mind to get them through a day's work for a day's pay. You are able to prepare breakfast for yourself, for your children, or whoever may be parents there with you, someone else. But you were able to do these things. And we get up rushing and doing this and doing that and don't give them nothing. Not enough. Some of us, we got to wake up with a morning devotion. I get up earlier to do a morning devotion. Look, I know if I got to be up at 5, that means I have to get up at least by 4, sometimes 3.30, get the devotion out the way, whatever come after 4, I'm ready for. So sometimes people call me early, text me early, send me a message on Facebook early. So if I don't get started early, I just get the day started without God. I, I need him. I need him to lead and guide me through the day. The songwriter said this, Louis, without God, <laughs> I can do nothing. Without God, I would fail. I'm going to sing one day, Spinner. Without God, I would be drifting like a ship. Without a fail. Yeah, without him. I wouldn't know no direction. I wouldn't know where I'm going. I wouldn't know what to expect. I expect a miracle every day. 
God make ways out of no ways. I expect good. I expect to see good in others. Every day I expect a testimony from somebody God has used me to bless. From somebody God has used me to be there for. I expect good. Yeah, I don't wake up to me, oh, oh, another Monday, oh, another day. Yeah, another day that God made. I will rejoice and be glad in it. I'm going to keep myself surrounded with spiritual things. Yeah. Oh, I, I like some stuff. Now, don't, don't get it twisted. I told you I love Luther. That girl Melba Moore used to could do no wrong in my eyesight. Natalie Cole, Aretha Franklin. I love Melba more than I did Aretha, though. I'm sorry. Never had that high pitch. Never had that high soprano. Never had eight babies like I got. I didn't know at the time when I was first introduced to her music. I didn't know at the time. But I remember back in the day, hon, Clifton Davis was together. Yeah. Loretta Lynn. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I like Loretta. I used to listen to all her. I like old country. Tammy Wynette, Jeannie Pruitt, George, <laughs> George Strait, George Jones. Don't let me get it. That boy Conway Twitty, that was my boy, Louis. But I don't sit around like I used to and just listen to them all day. Earth, wind, and fire. Lionel Richie could do no wrong in my eyesight either. But I don't sit around just listening to them. I'm not saying that stuff is bad. Don't, don't misunderstand me. Life is what it is. Loretta caught dude in the car with another woman, and she went and wrote her song. She was thinking about what happened. But I just can't surround myself with all natural stuff. I got to have spiritual things. I need a balance. Let's talk about that. Jesus, the balance. He's the mediator. He's the one between me and God. I need balance this morning. I don't need too much of the flesh or natural, and I don't need overwhelming of the spirit. But I don't think I could get an overwhelming of the spirit. I think God would lead and guide me, Barbara. Calm down. Say this and say it this way. Don't be so blunt this way. Soften your words. They'll understand better. If you, don't, if you say it that bluntly, Barbara, you're going to turn their heart away from me. Come on here, Lewis. Lewis say great song, but they junk food. <laughs> great song with junk food. Well, it's what some of them done been through, Lewis. And uh, some of them was hurting, and they sung about their pain. Aretha said that when she wrote the best songs was after a man had hurt her. But see, some of them wasn't married, so, you know, I today I can't go with the flow. I, I need you to be married. Yeah. But anyway, Jesus, the Son, the Son of the true and living God that have all power. Look, he knew about everybody's sin before he went to the cross. He knew what everybody was going to do 
before he went to the cross. And yet he went. He Look, he didn't go to the cross uh, thinking, well, you know, Father, I'll go, but I'm not going to go for Barbara in them fornicating ways of hers. No, I, I'm not going to do that. Uh, Father, I'll go. But uh, I just can't go for them that smoking weed. I'm, I'm just not going to do that. I'll go, but the drug abusers, Lord, I, I, the Father, I can't go for them. <laughs> I'll go, but them that stealing, <laughs> pedophiles and rapists and murderers, I, yeah, I, I won't be able to go for them. I'm a, ooh, I, I, you know, I'll go for the church folks that's hitting and missing. <laughs> See ya. I will go for them, but I just can't, I can't go for that other stuff. That's not what he said. He said, not pass this cup from me, but nevertheless, nonetheless, not my will, but thy will be done. I don't want to go, Lord. I, I, I don't want to suffer in this way, Father. But if this is your will, let it be. I'm ready to go. And he went on and he did it to the letter. He didn't make no distinctions about who he died for. Now, that's our department because you know how we are. We done throw so many stones. We done throw enough stones to build a house. But the first time we catch you in the wrong, ooh-wee, ooh-wee, we going to sentence you to death the same day. We going to stone you. But we never remember the stones we done thrown. I mean, the, the things we've done, we don't remember that. All we do is kill somebody else. The least of the thing we hear about a preacher, we fall out and, oh, my God. We, they put it on the news and the fake news, get it and add to it and uh, look like every church member talking about it. Well, you heard what he did, didn't you? Did you hear what he did? Well, I couldn't imagine that, that, uh, that Eddie Long wife. Ooh, I, I don't know. My goodness, boy. Because I know they drug that off through the mud, the sand. They took it to the beach and washed it in the water. I'm dead folks are melt. Yeah, church folks. Them scribes and Pharisees and Sadducees and all them people. You got to watch all of that. And that's who I don't want to be. I want to be the true believer. I want to do things God's way. Lord, help me to get it right with you. Help me to do it your way. Don't let me be out here on my own. Because I go back to this for myself. There's a way to seem right to a man, but the end thereof is destruction. Don't do that like that, Barbara. You'll destroy more than you build. Don't say that. You'll destroy more than you build. Because we have the Holy Spirit, and if we listen to him, he leads and guides us into all truth. He leads you in the right path. Sometimes he'll speak and you all, you'll miss it. It's so soft. It'll go over your head, and you think, oh, I just thought that. No, I'm not going to do that. I'm going to do this. No, he's speaking to you. And when I follow his direction, I'm blessed in the city. I'm blessed in the field. I'm blessed when I go and when I come. I'm blessed. 
And if I pay attention to prayer and the word, I can pull down every stronghold. Sickness and poverty got to release me. The devil already been defeated because I'm a winner. I'm blessed. But it all starts with Jesus, the son. He knew where I was. I, I, I just, I had to find him. I had to come to him. He was already there waiting for me. Because before I entered my mother's womb, God had already destined some things for me to do. He already had it in place. I had to walk into it. That's all I had to do. With again this morning, a well-made-up mind. For him, I'm going to serve him by serving his people. By killing my flesh, letting my flesh die. I had to bury my flesh so that I could obey God. It's a lot of things in this walk with him. It's a lot of things in ministry. If you get a real pastor with real love for the people of God, they'll tell you. They're attacking because this is what happens. You just told these people what God said, and here they come back. Same thing, but just kind of sort of in a different way, but the same thing. Because they refuse to let God deliver them because they want to hold on to their baby in the flesh. This is troubling me. This is worrying me. This has got me concerned. I don't want to let it go. I just want to talk about it for hours. No, I don't want to talk about the same thing for hours. Now, I do like talking about men. I got to say that. I can talk about men all day and all night. But now, I don't want to keep talking about men. I want to talk about something different. I want to talk about for God so loved the world, he sent his only begotten son. Sometimes I want to talk about, I pray that I'm doing God justice. I pray that I'm obeying him to the letter. I pray that I allow him to use me. Some days I want to talk about that. Because when I keep my mind on spiritual things, he keeps me in perfect peace. He don't always tell me, well done, a good and faithful servant. He don't always say, well, Barbara, you did the right thing. He don't always say, well, Barbara, you good. You, you obeyed. He don't, he don't say nothing many days. I just got to know that I know. I just got to believe and trust him that I'm on the right path and I'm staying there. I'm on that narrow road which leads to him because I got off that wide road which led to destruction. I was on that road and I'm to my riding fast on it. Headed straight to hell. I'm telling my look at here. I was running. And the more I run, the more I was losing my mind. The more I run on that road, the more I was losing me. He saw me. I was sinking deep in sin, far from the peace for sure. Very stained and deep within. I was sinking to rise no more. I wasn't coming up no more. I was going on out there. But the master of the sea. He heard my despairing cry. Lips weren't moving, but I was screaming from my heart. From the waters, he lifted me. The day I can say, safe am I. Love, for God is love. Love lifted me. When nothing else could help, love lifted me. My dad was living during this time, but I couldn't tell my dad this stuff. What? He didn't raise me that way. 
I couldn't carry that junk and dump it on my dad. So God showed up. And as the church say, and showed out. Well, let me put it this. He showed up and I showed out. Let's put it that way. With the things that he did for me and in me. At the time, I didn't understand. I, I, I love people. I wanted to be around people. But the more I got home to myself, uh, I could talk to the Lord. I could get in the word, you know. Before I went to work, I could pray and get in the word. And after I prayed, I learned to praise while I'm on my knees. And I would hear from, oh, it was just beautiful. And he began to grow me. But I wanted this. I wanted this. I wanted it in the worst way. You couldn't imagine how bad I wanted it. And I told him this. If you are real, I want to be as real as you are in you. That's what I told I meant it. And I also told him this, whatever it takes, keep me with you. Whatever it takes, keep me. Don't let me separate myself from you. I give you my will to do it. I turn my will over to you, Lord. Because I meant to go all the way with him, whatever it took. No more Budweiser, no more Crown Royal, no more weed smoking, no more clubbing, whatever it took. No more lying, cheating, stealing, dope, selling, whatever. No more nothing but staying with him. I need deliverance. And you're a deliverer, I see I can see now. The rain is gone. All the obstacles out my way. I see you, Lord. And I see what you can do for me. Do it for me. Deliver me. I don't want to go to hell, and I don't want to be out here living for me. I want to be out here living for you. You give me breath to live every morning. You cause me to breathe every minute, every second, every hour of the day. And I don't want to waste this breathing on foolishness. I want to put this breathing to use for you. Use me in your service to bless my people, to bless your people. Jesus, the son, the son of the true and living God that have all power. There's no higher power. He'll do it for us. Because when I look at how he delivered me, what he delivered me from, how he brought me out, I know you don't understand. You had to be there. I'm like the songwriter. You can't tell it. I got to tell it what he done for me. When you hear, if it had not been for the Lord on my side, where would I be? I couldn't tell you. I believe I'd have been dead or in the mental institution for the rest of my life. But he was on my side and he kept me. Places I should have been, things I should have done, he kept me. And things I did, he kept me. When I was yet a sinner, he died for me. When I was doing evil, when I was sinning, he yet knew a date when I was coming to him with my whole heart. Not a raggedy, not a piece of my heart, not half of my mind, not saying out my mouth, but don't mean it from my heart, but he knew everything would line up. My lips and heart would line up together. What I said out my mouth, I meant it from my heart. He knew this. He knew this. 
and he knew I meant my love for him. He knew what I said, Lord, I love you. I mean it. Whatever it takes to prove my love to him, that's what I want to be doing. Whatever it takes to show him my love for him, that's what I want to be doing. That's why it ain't nothing for me to give up TV. It, it ain't nothing for me to give up circle of music. It ain't, it, it ain't nothing for me to stop hanging out. That, that ain't no big deal. Because if I stop hanging out, I'm hanging with him. <laughs> I'm hanging with him. Yeah. I can have a candlelight service with him. You see, light with some candles. If I didn't have electricity, I don't light candles just, you know. Only when the lights go out, you know, storm or hurricane or tornado or something. But other than that, I got electricity. I just turn the lights out and just talk to him, sing unto him. Yeah, I got a, a favorite song that I sing unto him. I've sung it before here, but it's really not for any and everybody. It's only for him. Because he's got a name that he's going to give me that nobody else can pronounce. Only he going to know that name. It's a special name from him to me. Oh, I love it today. Look, because of him, I did things that no one else would do. I've done things that I didn't want to do. I've done things he knew I would never do. But I did it because all because of him. It don't make me no great thing. It don't make me all of that. I'm not perfect. I'm not better than no one. Don't get it twisted. Oh, please don't think that way. I got much coming up in him yet to do. Because I haven't gotten there yet. Now, when I get there, he said, well done, all this is over. But until that day, I'm yet striving for perfection in him. So look. I can spend time with him forever. I really could. Because it's soothing. It's comfortable. It's loving. It's relaxing. It's fun. It's where I want to be. Spending time with Jesus the Son. Hanging out with Jesus the Son. (laughs) Excuse me. He's the way. He's the truth. And he's the life. He's all we need. So why not give him my whole heart? Why not give him all we got? Give him the first fruit of everything that you got and watch how it flourish and bless and grow. Either it'll it'll, it'll flourish and grow and become better or it's got to get on away from you. I don't care whether it's children, grandmama. I don't care what the first fruit of everything you give it to him. Give him the first fruit of your money, the first fruit of your mornings, the first fruit of your family, everything. Give it to him and watch him bless. If it don't bless and flourish, he's going to move it on away from you. Because he's only going to bring what's working for your good. He's only going to bring what's going to bless you. And I know sometimes we go through some trials and it's painful and it hurts, but, but he's only doing it so to bless you. Ooh, he only removes this and that from you so you can be blessed. 
so you don't have to be burdened down with this thing. And God will remove it and we over there crying. <laughs> Bring it back, Tizzy. You done took that car. Well, if you'd have kept that car, it was going to flip over 10 times and kill you. Bring that car back. Oh, I want my car. I know you could have given me the money to make the papers. I know you're able. Yeah, but I'm not going to give you that car back. I let them came and got it. Now, I'm going to give you another car, something that's just right for you. But the enemy done targeted that car, and he got plans for that car for you. See, sometimes, no, no, no I don't want to move. I want to stay in this house. Please don't make me move. Look here, I'm moving you on up out of there. The neighbors two doors down, they're going to come out early in the morning and start shooting. You're going to be getting in your car to go to work, and you're going to get shot and die. No, I'm moving you completely out the neighborhood. Because this whole neighborhood got some things in here that shouldn't be. Look, I have tried to move into place. Oh, this is a nice house. Never considered the community. And the Lord didn't say a word. He just didn't let me get the house. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, baby, I talked to the owner and I said, well, look, I, can I, come? I want to give you the deposit today. And can I come next week and give you the, the last month's rent? And they said, no, somebody already put it down. We were just waiting on them to call us to tell us the date. But until they did, we were still showing it in case they changed their mind. Now, God wasn't letting you move in there, Barbara. That wasn't a spot for you. I remember picking this house. And I knew just as well he did it, not Barbara. I knew just as well he chose it. And it would be all right right here. No matter what comes, I would be all right right here. He give good gifts. He's able to see us through, but we got to stop leaning to our flesh and leaning to our own understanding. In all our ways, we must acknowledge him. How else is he going to direct your path? How else, which way you going to know to go? You don't know which way to go without God. He said, acknowledge me in all your ways and I'll direct your path. Be not wise in your own eyes. Look, because... See, you, you, you already done said what it's going to be. Oh, if I do this, that's going to happen. If I do that, this. No, no, no. Be not wise in your own eyes. Fear me. Fear God and depart from evil. Stop doing the evil you know you're doing. You know you're doing some bad stuff. You know you're sinning. You know you're going over there meeting that woman husband on the creek. You know you're going over there meeting that woman wife on the creek. Cut it out. You know you're still playing games with God. You're still smoking. You 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 still getting high. Cut it out. You still watching porn. And you can't turn the porn loose. Now one thing I know about that porn, if you don't watch it, because you open in Pandora's box, you're a grown man, you're a grown woman, you never considered children. You never considered laying with another man or another woman. But you don't open Pandora's box. Now you're curious. Next thing you know, you're a man putting your hand on a child. You're a woman putting your hand on a child. You're a woman desiring a woman. You're a man desiring a woman, a man. 
fear God and depart from evil. And watch he lead and guide you in the right path. He'll speak in your heart. And you'll hear just as clear. Turn that off. Yeah. That devil will come and tell you all kind of things. He lived at married people don't. He'll tell a wife right now, he done lied to you. He ain't about nothing. He ain't even doing all he's supposed to do in here. Look at John Brown over there. John Brown got it going on. And you need one for this, and you need one for that, and you need another one for that. You you, you need a 24-hour shift. You need a man in the morning, a man in the afternoon, and one in the evening. Yeah. And the evening man stay all night. I'm just telling you how, how, how the devil do. But you got to tell yourself, I need Jesus in the morning. I need him at snack time. I need him at lunchtime. I need him at another, have another snack time. I need him at dinner time. And I need Jesus all night long. Because if not, he, that devil going to bring some things your way that you weren't even thinking about. And sometimes you running up the king's highway and he look and say, oh, that's how she doing it. Let me try this over there and see if she's going to fall for this. God gave me love and he want me to love his people. I was telling you the other day, Monday, Chelsea taught me. He taught me how to love folks. But look, it's because I love you. I'm like God. I won't go against God because I love you. I won't lie for you because I love you. I got to stay with him. He's the main driving factor in my life today. Without him, I can do absolutely nothing. I know you think it's a figure of speech, but it is the truth. Without him right now, I wouldn't be breathing. Without him right now, I couldn't see. I couldn't hear. I couldn't talk. Because of him, I'm able. Hallelujah. I can walk. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Yeah. Because without God, I would be drifting like a ship without a sail. I'd be banging up against rocks, going way out somewhere, couldn't turn around until I hit a bunch of trees and back out of the trees. The water done washed me back out. I'm in the middle of the ocean just, oh, my goodness. I need him. Can't make it without him. Jesus, the son. Jesus, the son of God. We should go back every now and then in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, take a look in them books. And, 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 and especially John. We should really look in there and see what he really did. It give you a little more detail in the book of John, uh, in my book. Now, that's the way I see it. And uh, Luke, he explaining some, each one of them explaining some things and they explaining it the way that they saw it. But it'll always come up Jesus, hallelujah, the savior of the world. And I know they're teaching all kind of stuff in the church now. They, they went to all kind of colleges and universities, seminary schools, and for some reason, black folks get carried away with foolishness. But I don't need the big words. I don't really need your hoop. I need the truth. 
is the truth that will set me free. And I just need plain, everyday English to teach me. I just need you to talk to me like I'm a human being down to earth. And I understand. Anything other than that is fake. I, I, I don't need it. I turn it off. I used to love this preacher. And I used to say, if I was in that city and state, I'd be a member of that church. But then I, the more I heard, I, I, I begin to hear arrogance. And I begin to hear, uh-uh, that's all I'm going to tell you. And I said, no, nah, I ain't going to be able to do this. So I let that go. Because, again, there's a way that seems right to a man, but the end thereof is destruction. We must make sure we're led by God. I come here every morning, not in Barbara. Lord, use me for your, for the sake of your people. Lord, you feed them. Don't let me do it. Yeah. And many days after the word, and after everything been said and done, then you hear us laugh a little bit, you know, have fun with one another and stuff like that. But for the main part, it's got to be Jesus, the Son. Look at it. He He's our mediator. He's the one that take our petition to Almighty God. My administrator, she told me one day, she said, I hope you fail. I said, what? She said, I hope you fail. Because if you fail, God going to succeed. And then one day she called me and she told me, she said, I went to Jesus this morning on your behalf. And I asked Jesus to take this to God for you. He blessed me, y'all. Yes, he did. He blessed me off that prayer. But we just need to get down to earth. Stop all of this stuff. And stop letting these people trick us. Yeah, because they just want some people to keep their, their livelihood going. Some of them say it's the church, but it's their empire. They're building their own empire, but G-O-D sells, J-E-S-U-S sells, L-O-V, it sells. People looking for all of that. And a lot of them looking for the easy, easy way out. Now, God made it easy for us. He did. He sent Jesus. And what we can't do, he can. And what we can do, if we need a little help with that, he'll come in and help you with that, too, if you, if you just got the habit now. He loves us. I knew my son could sweep the front porch and the steps. But he would start sweeping, and then he would say, Mama. And I'd say, well, Mama, I can't get it right. I need you to show me one more time what he needed me to do is sweep it one more time. And I'd come back and I'd hold the broom and start again. And then he'd come and say, oh, I got it now. But mama, or uh, the boy, sweep the thing on. <laughs> but that's just the way God is. If we feel we need him to help us more, he will. What we can do for ourselves, he wants us to do it. And he knows that we can. But we're starting... Well, I need to God help me, and he'll come right on and help you. You can do it for yourself, but he helps you. Because I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. There's nothing I can't do through him. He'll give me the strength to do it. He'll give me the know-how to do it. The Spirit of God will speak to me and show me how to get this done. He's done it too many times. He showed me how to work blog talk because I certainly didn't know. 
and then sent me somebody to help me, Pastor Bunny Howard. Look, I couldn't run everything, so he sent Louis to help me with the chat room. Faithful, faithful, my goodness. Thank you, Jesus. He's that kind of God. But we must love him. Come on, let's love him. Let's surround ourselves with spiritual things. Let's stop all of this natural stuff. And in our feelings, how we feeling. It's not about feelings. We got to know that God is. And that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. Diligent means always, all the time, continuous. Keep doing it. Don't turn it loose. <coughs> Excuse me. <coughs> Constantly seeking him. I constantly thank you, hallelujah. You constantly bless me. You constantly bless me. I thank you this morning. I thank you. I thank you. There's none like him. Hallelujah. Listen, we're going to one request of the morning. And uh, after this, when we come back, uh, I'm looking for a testimony. So, after we come back, we'll hear the testimony today.
spreading the love worldwide. www.jesusinthemorningradio.com Hallelujah, hallelujah. That's that Detroit mass choir. And uh, I love that song right there myself. The psalm is passing over. Hallelujah. Yeah. Dr. Northwood sings one that says, I can see the sun peeping through the clouds. The storm is almost gone. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Because a lot of times we feel like we're in a storm. Woo. It's a whirlwind. It's a tornado over here. It's a great hurricane. Yeah, the things that we go through. But God is faithful to us. He's always there. And uh, we love him today. And look, before I play this testimony right quick, I want to uh, do roll call. Hadn't did that in a minute, huh? So I want to do a little roll call this morning and let <clears throat> Miran and different ones know I'll never forget you. I won't forget you, honey bunnies. Yeah. Thank God for you. Good morning to you, Sister Dorothy Goodman and Sister Mary Ann and Sister Rose Brown and Sister Samoa. Good morning, Sister Samoa. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. And uh, good morning to you, Sister Melody Rose, Sister Angela in California, Sister Laura, Mr. Mason, and Miss Deborah. And uh, thank you, Laura, for your love. Uh, check up on your God, Mama. I appreciate it. I appreciate it, Laura. Thank you. Uh, Sister Alexis, Sister Michelle, Sister Andrea Spinner, Sister Andrea in Philadelphia, Sister Keisha, Sister Rita, Sister Sion, and my buddy, Pastor David. Good morning. God bless you. And uh, Sister Diane and uh, Sister Angela Foote. God bless you. God bless you. And my good friend, my good friend, Sister Anna Lee Foot, God bless y'all this morning, and thank you so much, Sister Angela. God bless you. God bless you. And um, I heard from Anna Lee over there. Oh, I think it's Jesus in the morning. I think she said a few things yesterday, and because uh, she don't come very often, but every now and then she come over and say a few things. Good morning to you, Sister Kim Hop. Ain't heard from her and Mike in a minute, and uh, Sister Michelle, Sister Patricia Flukum. Sister Lisa, Sister Yvonne, and Apostle Claudia Boatwright. And uh, good morning to you. The main man holding that chat room down, Brother Louie. <laughs> good morning, Brother Louie. Hope Sherry doing good today. And I uh, hope all is going well with her. She may be sleeping and things because of that surgery and everything. But we're praying for her that all continues to go well with her. Good morning to you, uh, Brother Jermaine. And Brother Anthony, I was so surprised to hear from Bro- Brother Jermaine last week. Brother Anthony, God bless your son. Good morning to you, Brother D. And uh, good morning, Brother Mike Hops and Brother George West Perry. I saw him post it yesterday, Brother Perry. I was like, I don't never see Brother Perry post nothing. But uh, God bless you. And Brother Lee Hamilton, God bless you. And uh, Brother Cal, God bless you. And again, Pastor David Jackson, God bless you this morning. And our Brother Justin Gilmore, Brother Frank, and Brother Marquez Griffin. I got to call Marquez. I haven't heard from him in a few minutes. Usually he calls me, Miss Barbara, where you at? <laughs> oh, goodness. Miss Barbara, I said, what? I see you like my mama now. I want you to stay safe. I said, I am. So go home. I said, okay, I am. I'm going home. <laughs> I was so tickled that day. Uh huh. I guess he say, and that's what he do to his own mama. Mama, where you at? Yeah. 
because we women, you know, and I guess men think, you know, women, you know, they they soft and they can't really see about themselves. Yeah. Okay, good, brother Lord, good. He says, Sherry, sleeping, sleeping in, but seems better. And that's a wonderful thing. We thank God for that. We thank God for that, brother Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. He said, because he took his elderberry jerry and his zinc, he don't have a cold. Yeah, it built his immune system. So, yeah, I thought that was beautiful right there. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. All right. All right, let's go and hear this testimony right quick. Oh, she was still talking. I got to take her all the way back. Start noticing that something's off. There was a, a feeling of, like, just pick up his cell phone. And so I did. And then I see this message from this girl. And it was like, oh, I had an amazing time with you the other day. Something along those lines. And I was like, what? So like, my, like, my everything just, like, shattered. My everything just, like, crumbled. And I remember being told, like, you don't cook. If you don't clean, if you don't look good, your man will leave you. That was told to me on my wedding day by a family member. I cooked, cleaned, I didn't gain weight. You know, I tried to be presentable all the time. I was so fixated with having everything be perfect that I didn't realize that there were some things that were missing. I started going to church when I was five years old and in our home, essentially, there was a lot of, like, alcoholism. There's a lot of verbal, physical abuse. Growing up, I was just, like, in that. And as a kid, I can remember sitting here and feeling just scared and just something was off, especially because my older brother, he was very sick. So my parents would spend a lot of time working and taking care of him in the hospital, and I would just be so you have alcoholism, parents are gone, stress, because my mom was relatively young when she had us, and there was like a lot of yelling. And then there's me, who's just there. And I remember I had a conversation with my mom, and she was telling me how because of my brother's health issues, her age, and my dad's alcoholism and stuff, that when she found out she was pregnant with me, she was actually told not to have me. You know, my tias were telling her to, like, you know, have an abortion and this and that. And my mom said no. That's the first time where her and I were able to talk, and I can remember being like, okay, God had something planned for me. It was just a very difficult upbringing because when you're going around from home to home, you really don't feel like you have a stable place. You don't feel safe. And um, that was kind of like my cycle throughout my entire life. And I remember there would be a couple times where we would sleep in um, Dunkin' Donuts on 355. It's much smaller now, but it used to be really big. <laughs> we would sleep there sometimes because my dad would get wasted and he would lock us out unintentionally. So that feeling of just never being in a solid place has stuck with me. And I remember being picked on a lot when I was in middle school and still not feeling like I belonged or like there was a place or anything like that because my parents, you know, Latinos, dad's working in like a service industry. My mom's a housekeeper. And there is a couple of times where like the kids at school, because it was a predominantly white school, they would call me a, a maid's daughter. And I got into a couple of fights because of it, because that's not what I was going to identify with. But I was also very confused because I didn't know anything. I was like, here are these people putting this label on me. And I didn't fit in with them, 
because they saw me as a maid's daughter. I also didn't fit in with the go-hard brown crowd, the Latinos, because I wasn't born in the motherland. So once again, I'm having this thing of like, where do I belong? Where do I fit in? I was going to church, but I really was just going to go. I really didn't know what that that meant and what that really like looked like. So, you know, here we are going through all this stuff and life is still happening. Life is still going on. I'm a little bit older now and I'm realizing, okay, guys are starting to, to notice me. They're starting to like pay attention to me. And I knew biblically sleeping around was bad. You know, I knew that like having sex before marriage was bad, but I didn't know that if I bared my, my feelings, my emotions to you, that that was just as bad. So any guy that would listen to me, I would like latch on and I'd be like telling them like my story and, and this and that. And then there would be a moment of like feeling protected. There'd be a moment of feeling like this um, acceptance of feeling love. But it came with something. It came with the expectation that I was going to sleep with them. And since I didn't, I was rejected. I was tossed aside. And so those feelings like kind of like will come back again. And I did that a lot throughout my, like, middle school and, like, high school time that in high school, I finally, I think it was probably my sophomore year, I met my high school sweetheart. I was sharing with him, like, you know, my life and stuff, and he was there, and he was consistent, and and, and he was protecting me, you know, from other people that were, like, picking on me because I got picked on a lot. (laughs) And I was like, okay, this guy's, like, legit, like, he's real. Then we started dating. I remember a year into dating, I was like, okay, he's not going anywhere, this is great. And I slept with him. Contrary to what I grew up knowing, knowing what the Bible said, but not necessarily like feeling it. And he still stuck around. So I was like, oh, this is like real cool. Like this is like legit. Like this is a class act kind of guy. So class act that during my senior year, came homeless and I started living in my car for a bit. And um, how, did, how did that happen? At the time, we were living, my mother and I were living in someone's apartment, and the lease was under that person's um, ex-spouse's name. And when they found out that we were living there, they had the locks and everything removed, and literally in one day, we had to throw everything in trash bags, and we had to get out. My brother went to his friend's house. I think my mom went to her friend's house. And when it came to me, they were like, do you have a place to go? And I said, yes, because... There was no place. There was no space where they were going. And that night, I called my uh, high school sweetheart, and I was like, yo, I was like, this is what just happened. I was like, I don't know what I'm going to do. I don't know where I'm going to go. And so he was like, okay, let's let's see what we're going to figure out. I never found a place to stay. So what I did was I parked my car in his neighborhood, and I had a Honda Civic CRX. It's this little car, two-seater, hatchback, didn't have a back seat. This guy's like 6'2", like football player. He slept in the passenger seat while I slept in the driver's seat to make sure that I was okay because I wouldn't go in his house. Even though I had already slept with him, there was something I was like, I just, I just can't. Like, I, and I couldn't step foot inside of his house. Some of his guy friends from the football team were like, gee, we got you, you know, come stay. And I was like, I can't. Like, I wanted to stay with a girl. I, wanted, I don't know why, but I couldn't. So that's basically how, like, I became homeless. And it was like that up until my freshman year of college and that was really hard because you're talking about somebody who's like taking a shower at Montgomery College and as that's like happening like my now like knight in shining armor ends up cheating on me so I was like great like you you've been so legit you've been like there you've been protecting you've been like emotionally involved in all of these things 
and you know you stepped out you did you so once again all that like feelings of rejection worthlessness whatever starts piling on and okay let me let me see what this god thinks about so i pray a little bit whatever and i'm kind of like on that track then i'm in class and i meet this guy and once again six two white guy comes in and i'm like okay he looks good we sit down we have an assignment we have to do together we exchange numbers and then our first conversation was three hours long about god it was supposed to be homework but we're talking about god i find out he's a christian and everything i'm like all right legit that so i was so excited okay god like do you like i'm gonna date this guy or what and i was like nah let's just be friends time's going by and he's like pursuing me but i'm like no we're just friends we're just friends he takes me to the church and everything so then we start dating and his family was so embracing and so accepting and so loving because mind you at this time i'm still homeless but they don't know i think at this point i have gone from a friend's house to like a room in a basement and then i ended up with my mom and i was so embarrassed so embarrassed i was like i'm not gonna let anybody know and the subject came up when he like why don't we ever hang out at your place like why are we always at my house and i was like oh you know and i I played it off, and then one time he's like, you know, I'd like to go to your house, talk to your mom, whatever. And I was like, crap. I was like, okay, well, let me just explain to you my situation. And so I explained how I was living in a room in a basement apartment. Now I just had, like, a bed and a desk. And my mom was on the other side. Like, it was really, really small. And I'm like, all right, this is it. This guy's going to be like, whatever. I'm not getting involved. I'm not messing with this. Because when I first went to his house, pulled up and his house big like it's what you see in like the movies and when I pulled up what it reminded me of was the house in home alone like the really big fancy kind of house and I'm like what am I doing and I was so embarrassed especially when he went back and he told his parents and I was like there's no they're not gonna want their son to date like this chick who like <laughs> has a room a hole in the wall kind of thing um, but I was wrong. I didn't have sheets and like a comforter. And so they went out and they bought me like this beautiful set. And I was like, wow, they started becoming like my family, you know, because there was so much instability my entire life. And there was so much stuff. And here the, these people are that like are accepting me, loving on me and like providing for me in a way that honestly, unfortunately, my parents couldn't. So that, like, I started to feel good. I started to feel worthy. I started to feel, like, accepted and loved. And next thing you know, five years later, we're still dating. And I'm, like, the daughter that this family never had. Like, they were so gracious with me. And I graduated college. I think it was a couple months after I graduated. Like, he ended up proposing. Well, okay, like, this is, like, really happening, you know? And we got married three months after he proposed to me because we had been dating for so long. And pretty much, like, his parents, my parents, everybody was on board. Like, they were okay with it. And I was like, all right, cool. Got married, and everything seems cool. Everything seems fine. Until I start noticing that something's off. And essentially, there was a, a feeling of, like, just pick up his cell phone. And so I did. And then I see this message from this girl. And it was like, oh, I had an amazing time with you the other day. Something along those lines. And I was like, what? like my like my everything just like shattered my everything just like crumbled and I remember being told like if you don't cook if you don't clean if you don't look good your man will leave you that was told to me on my wedding day by a family member but cook 
clean. I didn't gain weight. You know, I tried to be presentable all the time. I was so fixated with having everything be perfect that I didn't realize that there were some things that were missing and in, in making a home because all that just doesn't really matter. You know, it's important, but it's not key. So we started having some discussions and things being said, and I didn't realize that my trauma of growing up in an alcoholic, verbally abusive, and physically abusive home, I didn't realize how it came into my marriage because when we would have discussions, the way I would say and approach things was not in a positive way. I am sad to, to admit that um, I was verbally abusive, um, and that's how I kind of handled discussions, and I didn't realize how I stripped him of being a man and of his pride. Not that that excuse, but he did know because he continued to do it. He wouldn't talk to me anymore. He wouldn't, like, be affectionate. Like, all the things that I, like, literally fell in love with, like, just stopped. And he told me, if I would have met her first, I never would have married you. That was, like, how do you come back from that, you know? Like, I remember my response because there's a lot of cursing involved. <laughs> and I, I literally just was like, I can't believe you. And I just like stepped up to him. And, you know, he's 6'4", and I'm not 6'4". And I got in his face, and it was just like venom. Like, I'm just spitting out venom because you had just the, one of the worst things that you could say to me. And in that moment, I don't know exactly what happened, but I remember being down, and I remember him being like on me. And it was hard to breathe. Just because of the weight of his body weight, he wasn't doing anything. It was just like his body weight was on me. And I remember it was hard to breathe. And I remember saying I couldn't breathe. And then that's when he's like, die, beep, 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 you know, die. And I was like, okay, like something's got to change. So at that point, like I didn't tell my family what was going on. They didn't know all of this because I was going to keep it under wraps the best that I could. They knew about the cheating, but the fact that it had gotten now physical, they didn't have an idea. So I remember speaking to at that point, I was going to a church, I was going to a church and I spoke to like the elders and they were like, it's, it's time. It's like in your face, it's blatant. It's now getting physical. Like it's time to go. Cause after that six months when he first cheated, I, I stayed for a year trying and trying and trying and trying and trying. And I packed my stuff. I called my in-laws and I don't know why I called them first. And I was like, Hey, I gotta go. This is what just happened. And I go, you're okay? And I'm like, no, I'm not okay. And I said, if you don't come now, something really bad's going to happen. And they hurried up. They came. They got me. And they took me to my parents' house. And my parents are just in shock. And it was just this weird, weird exchange. And here I am going back and being like, whoa. I had just said not that long ago that, like, I wasn't going to have to move. I wasn't anything all the things that we had gotten together for, from our wedding, I left it. I left everything. Except for two suitcases. So I'm starting over again. My saving grace was just realizing that at least my parents, they could take me in at this point. I was with my parents. And it took a long time to feel good. As I'm, like, in the thick of it and, like, back at home with my parents and it still wasn't a completely stable environment. At 26, there were some stuff and some issues that were still happening from a kid. Like the verbal abuse was still there between my folks. 
And it was just like, now I'm an adult and I'm in it. And I'm now having to play referee. Like I'm trying to heal from one of the most devastating things that happened to me. I'm playing referee. So I left. I found a basement apartment and start talking to my ex-husband. And we essentially start dating. We had had a come to Jesus moment where we were able to apologize and forgive one another. And I asked forgiveness. And I said, which is it's still very hard to say, like I was verbally abusive. And I had the opportunity to apologize. And when I was forgiven for that, that was a huge release for me. And I realized the power that words hold. And it's funny because people that know me now, they would not you know that part about me. They would be like, but you love so well, like you encourage it. And you always have something like nice to say or like, you know, it's just so positive. And I'm like, that's because I had to really work on that and make an effort and know that what I speak is like life and death, you know, and I hurt somebody that I really cared about. So having him forgive me was on that part was like really good. And I, I was able to forgive him for what had happened. And we're like, okay, we're going to tell our families that we're dating. I was a little skeptical because I was really nervous. And then all of a sudden he disappears. I get ghosted. Um, he ends up getting somebody pregnant as we were trying to reconcile. So yet again, here we go through the spiral again. And I'm like, man. And now, Giselle, are you hearing from God in this time? I wasn't. Not at this point. Not about the relationship, whether or not to reconcile. Because I didn't even handle that in the way that God would have wanted me to. I, I didn't pray about it. I was still in the mindset of like, if I could restore my marriage, it's like it could be restored, be great. But I was still trying to do it on my own. Right. So when he got this woman pregnant, I was like, all right, like, I, I can't. I have nothing else. And I really started seeking God. I feel like, okay. <laughs> I'm like a rock bottom. Like, I can't go anywhere else, you know. <laughs> and that's when I actually really started to, like, pray and, like, really started uh, reading my Bible and, like, going to church and journaling, like journaling like all the time, like everything I was feeling, everything that was on my mind, the ways that we would like communicate with one another, God and I would just be through like worship. Like I could be going through something and I'd put like a worship song on and it would be the exact words that like I needed to hear. And during that time, it was a lot of your love, you're worthy, like you're accepted, you're valued. I don't know exactly when it was, but I had a moment where I asked for forgiveness. And I was like, God, I'm sorry that I made my ex and his family the number one in my life. Because I literally, like, going from not having anything to having people that are feeding you, anything that you like, they will give you. Just because you said you liked it. Yeah. It's like, here you go. And you've never had that before. I don't even know how to describe it. Like the, the, the way that they loved and provided became such a thing for me that I, I, I made it my all. And I know now, of course I didn't know then, but I know now that like I put an unrealistic expectation on my act too of having to provide and to care and to like deal with all the trauma that I didn't know was really trauma because nobody taught me 
I didn't know God that then. You know, it's not something that, like, I talked about in church or hadn't gone to counseling or anything. Counseling came afterwards. It came after, like, the separation. You know, talking about trauma is something I think that's now talked about more. I talked about it in counseling. I talk about it with my people at church, my, my community. But I didn't know about that stuff then. It's nice to know this now. I wish I would have known it then. But I know that in all of that, like, God has something. And there's been things that have been spoken into my life about the things that I've gone through and how that's going to, like, shed light for other people or help other people. And I'm like, okay, only if it's of God do I want it. If it's not, because I've done so much on my own <laughs> and it didn't result the way I wanted it to, that I don't, I don't want to keep going down that road, you know? What is, what is the Lord really teaching you today? And, and what can we say, what can you say that he has taught you looking back at that relationship? What is, what is he teaching you? What he's taught me is without him being in the middle of it and being my number one, it's not going to work. I can't put my trust in man. I've got to put it in him. That's, that's the main thing that I've learned and that the lies from before have been quieted and they've been replaced with the truth now, you know, about how he feels about me, how he's there for me and consistent. And now looking back, because it's hard to, to like see things when you're like in it, yeah. but looking back, even though those were like some really trying times, I've had visions of him keeping me protected. Um, I can see where his hand was in my life that now this journey of healing, probably like real, real solid healing started maybe eight months ago, six, eight months ago, whenever we were allowed to come back from the pandemic, I'm actually dealing with those past traumas and dealing with those past things where I'm in a place where I feel lighter. I feel, I don't know how to completely explain how I feel other than, Apparently, my countenance has changed to my family and my friends, and they're seeing what God is doing. And I don't have that, like, hopelessness and that that stuff from before. It's, I don't know how to describe it, but it's just, like, a completely different feeling, you know? He's brought me a long way, and I'm, I'm, I'm happy about it, and I'm happy that I actually like myself. I hated myself for a long time. Yeah. How how was that process, and and what did he have to show you in order to remove that that how you used to see yourself? I don't I don't know exactly if what I'm going to say makes sense or not, but he's just shown me by actually placing me in an environment where I'm seen for me, and I'm I'm actually seen. I'm seen for me. I'm not seen for anything that I'm bringing to the table mm-hmm. or what I'm doing for somebody. You know, it's like. I'm actually accepted just the way I am walking in the door. I have a community now of people who are rallying behind me, just me, and are pouring in love into me without any expectation. There's no gift. There's no nothing being exchanged except for, like, prayer or something or, like, a genuine friendship and relationship. It's something that I've needed, and he's telling me, like, you don't need to perform. You don't need to look this way. You don't need to do that because I love you and I am still providing for you. These past couple of months, what he's done in my church life, in my work life, in my finances, it's like, I'm here. I'm consistent. I'm steady. You're not alone. And I'm like, yeah, I'm actually believing that. I like looking at myself in the mirror now and not being like, you suck. You're terrible. 
You know, it's like, no, I'm happy to be alive today. I'm happy to smile. I'm happy to sit here and make someone else smile. A lot of times I'll walk around with a big goofy smile on my face. In the past, it was hiding a lot of pain and a lot of stuff. But now it's genuine. Like, me nace del corazón. Like, it just comes naturally. Like, it's just there. The point I almost got kicked out the other night for laughing so loud and being so happy at a restaurant. You know, like, I'll take that. You know, sorry, not sorry. <laughs> but I'll take that. Giselle, if, if we could put it in a nutshell, what, what can you say the Lord has done? What can you say Jesus has done in your life looking back at all of these, uh, these years? He's done a lot, but he's kept me safe. And he took me from, <laughs> from rags to riches, essentially, you know, from not having to having. Because I do feel blessed. I do feel rich right now. And it's not with, like, goods or anything like that. But, like, I feel rich. And I can actually see my blessings and be extremely thankful for them. What is your relation, uh, your relationship with your parents? It's a good relationship. However, God's been telling me that uh, they're not my responsibility because I take care of them. I don't know if I want to say, like, above and beyond, if that's the right way to say it, but, like, too much. I, I need to, like, pull back. And actually, it was a couple months ago. He was just like, hey, I got them. Just like I got you, I got them. You need to release them. I think it's almost like a codependency kind of thing. For, for anybody, Giselle, who, who has gone through a divorce that may be watching or maybe is going through a divorce right now um, and maybe feels that hopelessness, what, what can you say to, to women right now who are, are watching your testimony? I understand it's one of the hardest things, but God is right there. You may not see him. You may not feel him. You may not hear him, but trust me, he is there. He is guiding every single step. He is with you. He he sees the tears. He feels the tears. He's catching the tears. And you are not alone. And if it's just, God, help me today. God, I can't. He honors that. You know, because if that's all that you can say and you're still taking it to him in full surrender, he'll meet you where you're at. Hmm. Any last words, Giselle, that you want to offer to, to people watching your testimony? Just stay encouraged. As hard as it is, stay encouraged. The best way that you can, seek, seek the Father out. Because that is going to be your only way that you will get through all of these things, all of the feelings, all of the pain, everything that comes along. Unfortunately, we're sitting here getting a divorce. I didn't have children, but having children is even harder, you know. Um, so, yeah, just, just surrender whatever you can. Bring it to his feet. Amen. Amen. That's all. Uh, I tell you, that was mind-blowing when I first heard it. But I noticed God is faithful, and uh, he's always there. He can deliver us and get us through anything. Now, he gave her great testimony, and she can share with others uh, who's going through what she went through. You know, he did it for me. He'll do it for you. Yeah. And, uh, you know, you, 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 you understand, you, you know, you just know God's coming to make you strong. But I was looking, five years, you're playing around with this guy, y'all. He, he said he was a Christian and this, that, and the other. And five years before he married you, and then he married you, and uh, you verbally abusive and he don't take you to the past and try to get you delivered. 
you start fooling with another person. And in my mind, I'm thinking, Christians? Uh, 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 is that what this is? Because you know a lot of people say that I'm a Christian. But it means to be Christ-like. It, it, it don't mean to, and to follow Christ. And, it, and if you're following him, there are certain things you won't be able to do. I can tell you that right now. But if you on your own, in your own flesh, doing what you want to do, it, 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 it'll turn bad. But nonetheless, God drew her back, and he blessed her. I, I want to say he fixed her. Yeah, and now she can continue on with her life in God. Hallelujah, hallelujah. So we thank God this morning, and uh, I have a request. But I'm going to play that uh, as our last song of the morning, of this morning. So uh, I have to go. So if you would be so kind, we are going to pray, and uh, we pray the Lord bring us back tomorrow morning, 7 a.m. Eastern Standard Time another episode of Jesus in the Morning. I would plan to go in a, a quick fast and a hurry shut-in right after the show this morning, right at 10, but I'm not able to do it today. So i got to see when the Lord going to open another door for me. So let's pray. Father God, we thank you for your word today. Thank you for the testimonies. Thank you, Lord, that you are a deliverer. You're our God. You're our Savior. You're everything we need and more. We're grateful unto you for all that you've done for us already, for what you're doing right now, Father, and what you're going to do. And, God, you know the very intent of each of our hearts this morning. And, Lord, we ask that you would fix our hearts and regulate our minds. And whatever is not of you, God, we ask that you would remove it from us, that you would give us a a heart survey this morning, oh God, and put back in us what should be a pure heart, an honest heart, a heart of obedience unto you and your word today in the name of Jesus. And Father, I ask that if anyone here is sick this morning, that Father, you would touch and heal today in the name of Jesus. Lord, you hear all manner of sickness and disease. Do it for your people. And Father, those that stand in the need of money, standing in the need of a place to live. God, they may be confused about some things. We ask this morning that you would move for them in a mighty way this day in the name of Jesus. We give you glory. We give you honor and praise. And Father, bless our going out this morning. Bless our coming in and meet the need in our lives according to your riches and glory by your son, Christ Jesus. We ask it all today. Again, in Jesus' name, amen and hallelujah. May the Lord watch between me and thee while we are absent, one from another, in the name of Jesus. Go today in love and peace. Share the good news of Jesus and give someone something of quality. God loves a cheerful giver. Have a blessed day. Uh-huh.